I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Episode nine of the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Reynoldwood's back here. We've been off for a little while. Uh, had a couple other things we had to get done. Thanks for hanging on. A new episode set for you here. This should post on Tuesday morning. Uh, we had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, the Magic are in Washington, by the way. Uh, that should post on Wednesday morning. Make that. How about that? Because uh, I'm doing this on Tuesday. But uh, So Wednesday morning is when this will post. Uh, The Magic playing Washington. They're in a stretch of seven straight against teams uh, with losing records after getting hosed, and I mean hosed, in Memphis uh, against the Grizzlies. Uh, Pat Williams, the the, uh, Orlando Magic patriarch, uh, the guy that started it all, was kind enough to stop by and join Scott Inez and myself uh, for probably about you know good 30, 35-minute discussion about this year's team, his thoughts on the playoff push, things a different feeling in that organization uh, with the new regime, with Jeff Weltman, with John Hammond, and, of course, Steve Clifford coming in. He also talked about, you know, he got a little story time with Pat, some of the early days, how things got started in Orlando. Uh, that's a lot of fun because he and Scotty have both been covering, or he has been there, and Scott's been covering the team for 30 years uh and scott uh has a lot of memories a lot of uh a lot of reminiscing during that and then of course uh uh they got a chance to talk a little bit about some of the uh the good old days so uh what do you say we get to that interview now uh scott and as myself and the great pat williams joining us here on the hard hustle podcast let's talk about the current magic team as it stands right now right now we're in a playoff hunt okay we're in the playoff hunt for the first time in the last seven years. Kind of feels good. I love uh, the way this team has played overall this year, but recently post-All-Star break, you've suffered losses to teams that you should be beating, namely Memphis and Cleveland and Chicago and the New York Knicks. What, what's your take here with one month to go in the regular season? What's your take on this Orlando Magic team, and are we going to make the playoffs this year? Well, Patriot? Scott, here's, here's my take in the NBA. Uh, you know, you can't look at the schedule and say that's a gimme. Yeah. As we saw the we, other we night. We learned that, as yes. Phoenix goes in and Golden State drops yeah. the Warriors. And, and all I've been reading all week, Scott, is the crisis in Golden State. And Clay Thompson says to the fans, you're not bringing it. Mm-hmm. Where's the energy, fans? I mean, and, and we have seen Cleveland the other night just whip Toronto. Just crushed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, I don't look at those games like gimmies. You know, yeah, yeah, no, no, none. Mm-hmm. But 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 the thing I like the most, you go to the building, Scott, and there's a buzz. There's some energy. The fans are alive. Uh, and and when our fans were into it, Scott, in the back of the old building, that building was just rocking. Yeah. Oh my goodness. 
And that's what I miss about the old building. And this new building is wonderful. It's one of the best buildings in the world. But there is that energy that you miss from the old Orlando oh, Arena yeah. with the fans right on top of you, Pat. Well, Scott, you could argue the same thing in the, the old Chicago Stadium. Yeah, Boston Garden. Too. The old Boston Garden. Those mm-hmm. places were dens of iniquity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were, ju- they were just, uh, you know, uh, uh, overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I've been in them, and I've, I've experienced all that. But at the end of the day, Scott, they were so outdated, mm-hmm. and, and uh, teams uh, couldn't operate. They couldn't make it uh, because there were no extra ways to make money in those buildings. That's why all these new buildings have all these bells and whistles. The next one we're going to see is out in San Francisco, yeah. which opens in the fall. And from what we hear, uh, that's the ultimate building. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, our fans are into it. They're they're really up. They're enjoying this pursuit, and uh, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, I almost had forgotten it. Yeah, no doubt. We're, we're shots, big shots are important, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the buzz of the playoffs. We haven't experienced that here, Scott. Most people of I don't know teenagers or whatever they've never experienced it. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a, 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 an intense battle and. It looks like Charlotte isn't out of it yet, mm-hmm. but Miami and Orlando, how, whoever would have thought. How about that? Uh, down the stretch, and we play them once, don't we? We yes. go down there, don't we? Yes. yes. I, don't, I don't like going down there. You don't like that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's, not, a, it's not a good feeling mm-hmm. down in that building. Yeah, yeah. And I can't go to Miami anyway. No, no, no. You're, you're yeah. stopping about West Palm. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they've I, got an APB for it's you It's called down the Grapefruit Curtain. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah, and I, I don't. I don't go beyond yeah. that because no. they never have forgiven me. No, Pat Williams is here, Orlando Magic senior executive vice president. Always a thrill to catch up with Pat. I want to get your thoughts on the, on the current brain trust because you you ran this organization for a number of years. Kind of handed off your general managership back in the day to John Gabriel, and and then it went to Otis Smith, and and on and on and on. And here we have Jeff Weltman and John Hammond building mm-hmm. this team. <clears throat> from the front office. What, what's your take on the jobs that, that Jeff and John have done to this point? Pat? Well, Scott, they both have a world of experience. They've been around the NBA for years, and they've had two years now, really, two seasons, you know, to get this thing going, and our team's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have improved. Um, Jonathan Isaac has turned into a legitimate, really, really good NBA player. It's too bad about Bamba, you know, we, we haven't really had a good hard look at him. Uh, some of their acquisitions have, have worked out well. Uh, we've got another draft coming up. Be interesting about that. But I have confidence in them. Uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, they have a world of experience. And, and I like the idea that there are two of them. You mm-hmm. know, and, and the good news is these two guys know each other and relate well it's not like there's a rivalry there or they're, they're you know they're trying to undermine each other that's sure. not the case no no definitely uh, not i they, have noticed that. they work well with their coach steve clifford and that's a biggie sure because uh, scott if the coach gm relationship isn't solid uh you're looking at major problems mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure you've experienced oh, that scott, in your i've career. lived through yeah. lived through that for years decades mm-hmm and uh, fortunately, uh, they've got a, hired a good coach. I, I, I'm very impressed with Steve Clifford. We had him here. We all knew him. Yep. But, but I, then he went up to Charlotte as a head coach. I don't think anybody really knew what to expect. But he, 
he coached that team. I mean, he milked everything they had to get to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's come down here and done he's the done same. A great job. He's a good coach. Yeah, no good, question about good, it. And what, a good guy. I mean, yeah, he is. I like. And him. they're all good guys. They're all first class guys. But I, I, I'm wondering, you know. From whence you came, right? I mean, you started in the NBA a long, long time ago. You're in Chicago. You're in Philadelphia. You're in Atlanta. You're in Orlando. When you see the num the amount of people who are running around mm. an NBA front office, mm. and when you see the amount of people on a basketball operations staff, an assistant coaching staff, I mean, you came into this league and you were doing everything. I mean, you 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 were wrestling bears at halftime. You were making the popcorn. You were washing the towels and the uniforms. To go from that to what we see now in NBA front offices clear across the league, um, it 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 must hit home with you that this league has definitely advanced over the last 40, 50 years. Well, it's become a big, huge industry, Scott. And when franchises are selling for billions, two billion dollars or mm. more. Uh, when the Knicks, what did I read about them? Valued at what four billion? Is it four? Yeah, with the worst record we've seen in decades. <laughs> uh, but you're right, Scott. My, my when I got to Chicago as the GM in 1969, Dick Mata was the coach. Uh, no assistants. Uh, our trainer. No assistant coaches. No. Uh, Bob Beal was our trainer, who was also a full time podiatrist <laughs> in in South Chicago, and he would come, and he was our trainer. Um, Jerry Krause was the scout. Uh, I was the GM. Now the GM's duties were, yes, to oversee the draft and, uh, you know, check on trades, uh, book the halftime shows, mm-hmm. make sure the national anthem singer was in place, uh, come up, uh, create the promotions to get people in the building. Do a little bit of everything. Et cetera. Mm. Um, and that went on, Scott, through my Chicago days and into Atlanta and all the way through my Philly days. I mean, that's how it worked. Did I like it? I really did. I, I, it allowed me to uh, be, be deeply involved in the basketball end and the promotion end and the fun and games department and, and all of that. I, it's a great I, training ground for you when you came to Orlando, too, because well, you had to do all of that. That's, so when I came here... In those, that early period, I was the only guy here. We had a part-time, Betty Johnson was our part-time secretary, part-time. Mm-hmm. We had an office in Robert Fraley's law firm. That was it for, mm-hmm. for that first year. And then on into the second, you know, after we got the team. Eventually, we began to hire people. That's how John Gabriel got here and Jack Swope and others. We began to put a staff together. But even though that, that very very beginning here, Scott, we had about eight people. Mm-hmm. We had a staff meeting the other day. Now we have a minor league hockey team, minor hockey team, and the Lakeland team, and all. There were three three hundred and fifty <laughs> people, I, right. something like that. Yeah, sure. In, in the in the staff meeting, right? And I, and I and I I thought back to my first year in Chicago. We had well, we had two girls in the accounting department, two secretaries. That's four. I'm five. Uh, Kraus was six. Dick Gonski did the group sales. That's seven. Mm. And that's uh, it. And 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 the stat man, yep, was Jim there, Schmidt. Jim yep. Schmidt, and he. Oh, we had a PR guy, Ben Bentley. I guess that would be one, two, three, four, seven, eight. Stat man, we didn't pay him. I don't think we paid him. Right, but he was the he, whatever we needed. Jimmy, we need you. you know, he was the stat man. Yeah, yeah. Less than ten people ran the team. Wow, amazing for four years compared to now when you have over three hundred 
per staff for NBA every NBA team, I would imagine. Yeah, I was uh I missed that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. I was not there to represent the Lakeland Magic. There you go. Nikki Football, as you well know, is the voice of the Lakeland Magic. It looks like they are going to make the playoffs, oh, right, they, clin- they clinched the playoffs with a win on Sunday. So oh, wonderful. We're headed into the final, what is it, five or six games, uh, and they're two and a half back of the one seed, holding off the Raptors 905 for the two seed right now. And there's another thing, Pat. Thank you, I mean, but now, do you see the PA announcer or is he the radio? Oh, no, the radio. Are you yeah, kidding radio me? Guy. Come on, big dog. Good for this him. This kid's a talent. This kid's a big-time talent. I'm, I'm but, I mean, you know, we're talking about the Lakeland Magic here, right? We're talking yeah. about a developmental league in the NBA. Could you ever dream about that back in Chicago in the late 60s? No, no. And I'll tell you something else you couldn't dream about, Scott. A hundred NBA players this year on rosters from other countries. How about that? Yeah. Think about that. Unheard of, right? Oh, my goodness, yes. Unheard of. Yeah, you wouldn't even dare to mention that. Basketball was our game. Yeah. 100 players, and that number's not going to decrease right? over over the years. Right. That's not going to decrease. Yeah. Meaning that the NBA has become a huge sport, huge business. It's got its tentacles into just about every major country in the world. Mm. Yeah. It's been, it's, and, and has developed a fan base all over the world. Yeah. The growth has been amazing. Yeah. Magic it's, Senior. It's, 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 it's good. It, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I was here yeah. to see it. My first year, Scott, in Philadelphia, 68-69, there were four people in the league office. How about that? Including the commissioner, Walter Kennedy. Yeah. Amazing. Huh? That was it. Yeah. And now you've got Adam Silver doing a great job. What's he making, Nick? Like 10 mil a year, something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. He's not doing badly yeah. at all. Magic Senior Executive Vice President Pat Williams, Senior Executive Vice President. So that that must mean that you're very important. I get no titles whatsoever. I've been working in this business for 30 years. I have zero titles. None. Nada. But well, you, my friend, you are the Senior Executive Vice President. Well, Welcome, Mr. Williams. Scott, it's yeah. nice to see you. And I'm going to uh, give you a title right now. Okay. All right. Go we're, ahead. We're just going to call you The Voice. The Voice. I like that. And that's exactly what you I've been listening to this bit for six years. That, that's exactly yeah, you're, well, I just realized I've been listening to this bit for six that, that's years. That's exactly what Pat wrote on my book, by the way, Character Carved in Stone. We'll talk about that coming up, too. Scott, my best wishes to The Voice. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. To The Voice. Call up NBC. They stole your name. <laughs> exactly. Or The Sports Voice. I, the, okay. All right. Can I put that on a business card? Like, you can put Senior Executive Vice sure. President on a business card. That looks good. But, I mean, The Voice... Yeah, got to get a little more specific than well, that. Well, the talk voice, about and that. now with your TV work with Lisa Leslie, uh, it, so yes, we'll yes. just call you the the junior partner, right? The junior partner, absolutely, or uh, the face. Uh, okay, okay, we could do that. We could do that. People are now for the first time, yeah. Scott. They're they're finding out what you look like, and and they're wondering why didn't this guy stick with radio? He's got a face for radio. Well, they're trying they're trying to match the face and the voice, right. and now all of a sudden it's yeah. there. Yeah. I'm a handsome man. Good look, better, really better, handsome man. Better looking than I thought. Yeah. Scott. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, the name of the new book, Character Carved in Stone, The 12 Core Virtues of West Point That Build Leaders and Produce Success. We're going to get to that book coming up because Good. I want I want to talk about the book. And, and, and folks can find it everywhere. Right? Amazon, they can find it everywhere where, where they get books. But what I want to start with with you is the Orlando Magic as – we're playing basketball right now here in the final month of the regular season. Um, do you, as the patriarch, 
you know, when you're sitting in the hallway there at Amway Center watching your Magic play basketball 30 years after they played their first game, do you ever sit back and go, wow, like, like, like I created this. This is absolutely amazing. Here we are 30 years after the fact and 33 years after you got to Orlando, and here we are still playing basketball, major league sports in Orlando. Do you ever go, wow, I did this? Um, Scott, I guess I could say yes, but, um, we're a day-to-day, night-to-night business. I hear you. And, uh, when I come to a game, I'm not thinking, boy, oh boy, 30 years ago, I'm thinking, uh, do we have a chance to win the game tonight? Okay. And, and I like the buzz that's being created by uh, being in the playoff picture for Mm -hmm. the first time in many years. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think, Scott, no question, I, I, there are moments when I reflect on what's happened and how we got where we have gotten. But um, as Jerry Sloan, the old coach, used to say, he said, don't live life backwards. Sure. Uh, in other words, if you miss a shot, get back and play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you miss two shots, you know, don't worry about it. Get ready to take the third one if you're open. Yeah. I think that's how you have to go about it. Yes, we have great memories. It's exciting to see what's happened. I love that 30 for 30 show years, some years back. It was great to reminisce. However, um, it's all about tonight Mm. in this business and in life. Hmm. So let's just quote John Wooden, who said, make each day your masterpiece. How about that? Good way to live life. It it is. It's a great life lesson. But over the last 30 years, Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you to look back. Is when you got here back in like 1986, 1987, right. you knew that this area had not done well in terms of its professional sports. We had a number of alphabet football leagues that had come through Orlando, never really any success with with professional sports here. What made you believe, Pat Williams, that an NBA team? In the middle of college football world in Central Florida, that an NBA team would be successful here. Scott, a lot of it was I'd been in Philadelphia for 12 years as the GM of the Sixers. I needed a new challenge. I needed something that would really uh, invigorate me, something that would get my motor running again, uh, something where I could really uh, unleash all of what I had learned and all of the uh, uh, leadership skills I had developed over the years and so forth. And, I, and, and the best way to do that, and it's rare, is to get hooked up with an expansion effort. Now, uh, the key business guy who was heading all this up was Jimmy Hewitt. Uh, and if you've ever been around Jimmy, uh, he could sell a double bed to the Pope. <laughs> and he was relentless, relentless in encouraging me and urging me and um pleading, you know, to come down here, leave Philadelphia, come down here and head this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, and then one day in March or April of 86, he said, if you don't do that, he said, we're just going to drop all this. We're, we're going to discontinue the effort. So their effort was contingent about you, you know, coming and, down here and spearheading this effort. As it turned out. Uh, they, they had done all they could do. Jimmy had put the ownership group together. The mayor had committed to getting a arena built. And all that was in place. But Jimmy and his group were not equipped to go out and hustle it like we had to do. And he made it very clear. So um, I thought about it and I said, you know, this is never going to come up again. 
Um, as David Stern whispered to me one day, he said, living in Florida is not, is not the worst thing in the world. Right. I mean, I tried to get David to give me a little nod or a little mm-hmm. wink. He said, well, he said, you know, living in Florida is not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, then what we discovered, Scott, was that we were not alone. Mm-hmm. Miami revved up right at that same time, and so did Charlotte, and so did Minnesota. There were a couple of others, by the way. Sure. Uh, and all of a sudden, there were six cities vying uh, for, we didn't know what. You know, was the NBA even going to consider this? And uh, did they, Were they even thinking about adding more teams? Could we afford it? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that was going on. And then, of course, we rallied the community. You know, that 14,000 deposit story, that got people's attention. Mm-hmm. And um, that put us in, a, in the picture. But then the shocking news, Scott, still, still can't believe it. In April of 87, at the owner's meeting, they came out and announced, we're taking all four of you. Mm-hmm. Well, do the math. The price they had jacked up on us was $32.5 million. <laughs> That was the fee right. to get in the league, right. 32.5. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was enough to gag people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'd never been an NBA team that sold for a third of that. And and do the math, four times 32.5, and then divided among, what did we have then? 26 Eight, teams. Well, not then. We didn't have that many, but say 20 yeah. teams. Yeah. Well, that was a big paycheck for those owners mm-hmm. then. They'd never seen anything like that. Sure. So, uh, so we're in. Um, I remember being... Uh, depressed almost. We got the news, but depressed when they said Miami and Charlotte mm-hmm. are coming in in 88 at first. Ooh. 88-89, Orlando, Minnesota, well, we 89 came, and we, 90. we came in a year later. Uh, eventually, I realized that was the best break we ever got. It allowed us to build that building properly. Mm-hmm. It allowed us to do a thorough scouting job. Allowed us to get our coach established you know it allowed us to do a lot of good things it allowed you to tweak the miami heat for a good year before mm. the rivalry began did, right did, did we ever <laughs> did we ever oh boy we tweaked them all the time mm-hmm. and uh, and then i never will forget somewhere in there the miami herald sends their humor columnist dave barry up here yes to return the volley right and return it he did <laughs> it was a sunday magazine piece that he did yeah I remember it. Uh, called us Orlandoids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then, and then he described an Orlandoid as a low, far-headed, nose-picking <laughs> Yahoo. Right, right. Yeah. He said there'd be no culture up there in Orlando at all if it wasn't for the Waffle Houses. Oh, I remember that. Oh, boy. Yeah. One pop after the other. Yeah. Stirred it up. But, but you stirred it up down there in Miami, well, too, now. there's no question. I mean, come on. I, I plead guilty. Yep. Um... And, and Scott, we, I, I think we certainly developed a rivalry. It hasn't always been, um, on, you know, a fiery one. But when we're both good, yeah. it's pretty serious. Absolutely. And there, there have been moments when we were both good. Then Miami has burst on out ahead of us here. But now, all of a sudden, Scott, here we are. Here we are, the Miami Heat and the Orlando yeah, Magic. It, it appears that way. Battling for that final You know, just playoffs. gumming each other to death right, right. for that eighth spot. <laughs> For the uh, for the right to play what Milwaukee, Milwaukee maybe Toronto. Well, what's the first round? Is it five best of five? No, it's seven. Best of seven. It okay, is, yeah. so we would uh, 
but uh, we we have a he, he, now it, it, the good part, Scott, is that all these games are important now. Right. And we haven't been playing important games for quite a number of years. Yeah, I know. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I want to talk about what's going on with the Magic now. Pat Williams, the patriarch, is here. Magic Senior Executive Vice President. So I, I want to skip ahead from the early days of the Magic to when... Uh, the Magic get into some financial issues with Bill DuPont, the original owner, and you're forced to go out and look for a new sugar daddy, if you will. And you land in Rich DeVos's office in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a great story. Uh, and I know there's a backstory to how you were introduced to Mr. DeVos. But if you would pick it up from there, and, and I want to talk about Mr. DeVos and how you knew him over the years. Well, too. Scott, what happened really after we got the Magic going for a couple of years, Major League Baseball was, uh, and the National League was uh, uh, moving pretty aggressively about expanding, adding two new teams. And uh, the ownership group here said, you know, let's, let's, let's get into the middle of that one. Uh, but one day in July of, uh, I guess, Scott, 1989, 1991, okay. this would be 91, yeah. uh, Bill DuPont came to me and said, we're not in a position to pursue this. Uh, we're going to have to discontinue our, mm-hmm. our effort here. But you're, he said, you're free to go do what you can do. Right, right. Well, the, the deadline was Labor Day of that year to get word to the National League. And I'd been unsuccessful. Finally, through some mutual friends, uh, I had the opportunity to fly to Grand Rapids to meet Mr. Rich DeVos. Mm-hmm. Obviously, had heard of him, knew Amway, but had never met him. And uh, he uh, set up a little meeting. There were, oh, I don't know, five, six people there. I was the only one from, from Orlando. Mm. Had a little um, hand-drawn <laughs> on, a, on a piece of scratch paper, you right. know, how I envisioned this. And um, uh, I explained everything to him. They excused me for about 10 minutes. I came back in. Uh, Rich DeVos said, tell the National League that I will go forward with them. Wow. And then he left the office. Now, this was the, the, the entry fee was $95 million. Tell the National League I will go forward with them. After looking at your scratch My paper and the whole thing? Pad, he said, tell the National League I'll go forward with them. Okay. So that's how the relationship and, uh, begins, he, and obviously he then or- left the office right. you know, for another meeting. Um, our mutual friend Billy Zioli, who was there and was going to get me to the airport, we we met in the men's room on the way out, <laughs> and I said, "Z, what just happened up there?" <laughs> and and Z said to me, "You heard the man. He said he's going to do it." Mm-hmm. Well, we rushed that news to the National League uh, in uh, Labor Day. Uh, got it. Got it to them. We're in. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, Miami uh, was the Florida team they picked. Right. Bigger market. They had that football stadium that could convert. Wayne Heisinger was the owner, and uh, and the other one they weren't going to put two in Florida, and they go to Denver. So that's how Denver and Miami got in. Sure. 
uh, we were left out. However, something had happened during that year. Uh, the DeVos, Rich, and, and family had come down here numbers of times, uh, watched Magic Games, and met people in the community, and, and they fell in love with Orlando. Now, at that point, uh, this was uh, the 90, in 91, uh, the current ownership, local ownership, had decided to sell. They had come in at 32.5. Uh, they, 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 they could sell the team for $85 million. Mm-hmm. Pretty good Not bad. return on investment. And the Devosses, who had the, you know, a, a sense of the community, uh, they decided this would be a good family venture, and let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So the deal was made. That would have been summer of 91. Right. The, the local owners ran, uh, owned it for two years. And, and the years starting up. Right. Uh, and um, that's how Rich DeVos became. At that point, Scott, he was probably in his uh, early 60s. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, his children, we met all his children. They would have been, gosh, God, they would have probably been in their 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it became a family venture. We, we, uh, we struggled through that next year. But I kept telling Rich, Rich, this is, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, don't fret. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're going to, there's a kid coming out in the draft who's going to be a franchise player. And if the ping pong balls bounce right, you know, we could really be happy. Mm-hmm. Well, um, at that moment, Scott, this was the 92 dra- uh, lottery. Uh, you know what happened. Sure. Up comes the ping pong ball with the blue magic, and I still picture Pat Williams kissing that ping pong oh, ball after the. Uh, I almost the grass swallowed. Lottery. I almost yeah. swallowed. I know you did. Yeah. Um, and and there we are. I I remember calling Rich, and saying, "Rich, this is uh, nothing to this business. You know, it's pretty easy." <laughs> and I quoted a verse from the Book of Proverbs, uh, a, a translation. Uh, a man rolls the dice. Mm-hmm. God determines the outcome. Mm-hmm. Now, the next year, another miracle. We missed the playoffs on the fifth tiebreaker. I mean, we were in the playoffs. Yeah, fifth tiebreaker, yeah. Yeah. which forces us into the lottery. We're, we're the, the least likely to win. We have one ping pong ball out of 66. And amazingly enough, a miracle took place. Yeah. Yeah, and a miracle that would turn into Anthony Hardaway no. on draft night. And I kept saying, Rich, I said, Rich, the Lord's hand is in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and suddenly, Rich and the Devosses have owned this team, I don't know, for less than a year. And, and, and these miracles just started happening. Right, right. Just descending on us. Yeah, yeah. Well, he turned out, Scott, he's a, he was a marvelous man, um, a great human being. I, I've often said maybe the most unique businessman in the history of America mm. when, you, when you study him closely. And I wrote a book a few years ago about him, How to Be Like Rich DeVos. Yeah. Um, and uh, not a bad idea, by the way, to write a book about your boss. Oh, not yeah. the worst idea Very in the world. Very smart. Um, Politically savvy. But he was, uh, you know, extreme wealth, but it never went to his head. Partnered with his boyhood friend, and they and that never fell apart. Mm-hmm. They transitioned that company to the next generation, where most companies fall apart, but it didn't. Uh, married to the same woman for sixty years, Ch- raised his children well and his grandchildren. I mean, no uh, no crises there. Mm. 
and um, very generous with his wealth. Um, remarkable people skills. Cared deeply about people, all people. Uh, and, and I would agree with that. All I mean, people. he didn't he didn't know me from Adam, but every time I interviewed him, he acted as if yeah. I was the only person in his life at that particular moment. And yeah. that's a very, very special skill. All right. Tell me about this brand new book, Character Carved in Stone, the 12 core virtues of West Point that build leaders and produce success. I just got my copy. Good. I am greatly looking forward to reading it. I've read all a thousand of your books. Uh, uh, seriously, how how many books have you written? hundred and this is one. This is one ten. One ten. Okay, yeah. okay. I look forward to reading this. What I'm what am I going to read starting tonight? Well, Scott, here's what you're going to learn. Uh, a few years back, I was invited to speak at West Point to the Army sports teams, men and women, and their coaches. Had a great experience. They then gave me a tour of the West Point campus. Wow. Which is very powerful. Now, I've been to the Naval Academy, yep. have never been to West Point, right on the Hudson. I mean, I've seen pictures, yep. absolutely gorgeous. It's definitely on my bucket list. Powerful. So we end up at a little park called Trophy Point, looking out over the Hudson River, mm. historic Hudson River. And in, in uh, going through that little park, I noticed a bench. Well, every park has a bench in it. Uh, but I looked further on around, and I noticed another bench, and I looked further, another bench. I counted them. There were 12 benches. I said, parks don't need 12 benches. What's the story here? But for some reason, Scott, I went over to one of the benches, and I looked. I said, is there anything more here? Well, sure enough, there was a word carved into the end of the bench. And I went around to the other end of the bench, and that same word was carved on that end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I checked the next bench, another word carved. Uh, all 12 benches had a different word carved into them. They didn't or, say sit. No, or stand, <laughs> no. But, uh, but the words were like uh, courage, mm -hmm. trust. Uh, compassion. Integrity. Compassion, dedication. Loyalty. Those kind of words. Right. And I thought, boy, there's got to be a back backstory here well there was a backstory uh the west point class of 1935 donated these benches to the school as a class gift and they decided what these words were and um, had them inscribed you know on that bench and uh my immediate reaction was you know i study history and all that but i said i don't think i, I never heard of this mm. i said i I don't think anybody has heard of this. This is, a, this is fascinating. So we went to the publisher and said, we got a book idea. Mm. Here's what we'd like to do. Uh, we'd like to uh, take each word and do a chapter on that word and then figure out a West Point graduate who best modeled or exemplified that word. And so that's what we did. Wow. So in one case, you'll read about Ulysses S. Grant modeling the word compassion. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower and Douglas MacArthur, all West Point grads. Mm -hmm. uh, General Jack Pershing, you'll read uh, Omar Bradley. You'll read uh, General Matthew Ridgway. You'll read Mike Krzyzewski, mm. a West Point graduate. Who, who by actually the, wrote the forward wrote to your the book. forward, and boy, we were, we were absolutely thrilled when he agreed to do that. He's, he's a proud... West Point grad. And th this, by the way, this is a tangent, but back in the day, you attempted to go get Mike Krzyzewski <laughs> yeah. to become the head coach of the Orlando Magic. Life kind of 
comes full circle for you and, and, and Coach K there, huh? Well, he uh, he had offers, you know, but we, we definitely approached him, asked if he would like to come to Orlando and coach an expansion team. Mm-hmm. At that point, Scott, he's down, what, 77 or something? Yeah. He, he was just getting started back then. Well, he'd have been 42-ish or okay. 43-ish, yeah. something he's like that. He's 72 now. Okay. 72. And he looks 54. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, 72, my 30, 40. He, he would have been in his 30s, late 30s. Yeah. Young guy. Uh, but but really making his mark. And Anyway, he just he said, no, I'm, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. We, we hired Matt Gukas, as you recall. Right. Great and, hire. And he was terrific for us in those early years. Terrific. And he's made his permanent home here, as have most of the coaches we've had. Right. Uh, but Doc Rivers never left. Mm-hmm. And Brian Hill never left. Right. Yeah. And Richie Adubato never left. Thank goodness Richie has never left. Yeah. Chuck Daly's daughter is here. Oh, I didn't know that. Saw her at the game the other That's night wonderful. with Dallas. She's she's never left. Mm. Um, I didn't mean to get you off on that tangent. I apologize. Anyway, Scott, the, the, the book, the publisher liked the idea for this book, and it has just come out. Uh, I have been on the um, circuit. Oh, yeah. I saw you on Fox News the other Did day. Fox... Brian Kilmeade the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't hold a candle to what we're doing here right now for you. You well, know what been, I mean? We're selling a lot of books for you right now. Scott, we did all the prelims exactly. early. It's and the main event right here, With baby. the idea of getting here with yep. a little momentum. Right. <laughs> and, and thus, we send, I'll tell you a quick story. Yes, Scott. go ahead. After, after that Fox and Friends show about two weeks ago, uh, we, we heard from the publisher, and, and uh, they said, Amazon has no books left. How about that? They, 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 they this, that thing blew them right out. They, they have no books. books. They, they can sell some books over there now. Yeah, you know, and as and as uh, Scott or uh, Brian Kilmeade said to me, he said, "Now, he said, now Fox and Friends can sell some books now. Mm-hmm. You know? No question about so, it. So they uh, they have replenished the books. Yeah. So go to Barnes and Noble. Uh, I, I, I'm hearing from people who say the book is in uh, airport bookstores. Is that right? And that's quite a treat. That's wow. A, that's cool. Character carved in stone, the 12 core virtues of West Point that build leaders and produce success. I am greatly looking forward to it. And and you talk about the uh, the key leadership virtues, compassion, courage, dedication, determination, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And and we get to read about some very interesting characters. Yes. One in particular, I, I only have a, a minute to go here. Do you remember? Does one stick out in your mind as as being more memorable than others? Pat? Well, the, the book is packed with stories, but how, let's let's talk about General Matthew Ridgway. Okay. Uh, who, uh, on, on the morning of D-Day, uh, parachuted into France behind enemy lines with his troops. Wow. He was not back in London. Wow. He was not on a ship out in the England. He the, was with his boys. He, he parachuted into France with his, with his soldiers. Mm. Uh, we, we've tried to capture those kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, include them so that people could come away saying, I can take these qualities. I can add them to my life. Mm-hmm. I can be a better leader. Uh, I can improve yeah. in, in these areas. I'm not destined to just be what I am right now. That's why I speak and write, Scott. I'm, I'm challenging people to live at a higher level. Mm-hmm. You know, step it up. Yep. Step it up, and that you've always challenged me to step it up, Good. Mr. Williams, and, and I I appreciate uh, everything you've done for me and the wisdom that 
that you have given me throughout the years, and I, I love each and every one of your books. This one is called Character Carved in Stone, The 12 Core Virtues of West Point That Build Leaders and Produce Success. Great. And, Scott, I'll be back in the fall with you when the next book comes out. It's called Lead Like Walt. Do you, wh- Lead Like Walt. Do you ever rest? Do you ever sleep? I'm wondering. Do, I mean, I do. I mean, I it's do. just amazing. But anyway, I, I can't. I, as you well know, I'm writing a book now about my 30 years of coverage of the Orlando Magic. I can't get through one book. How is the book coming? I, it's it's not. It's not. I'm I've, I've got writer's chapters. block right now. I can't do it. And yet this guy got some good characters. He, he, he churns out more books than Baskin Robbins does ice cream. It's absolutely amazing. Well, Scott, I when I came here 33 years ago, I got Disneyized. Yeah. I really and got, you've written about Walt Disney. Uh, I've written before. two books about him. Yeah. But uh, I've never really looked at him through the narrow lens of leadership. Mm. And uh, Lead Like Walt will be out in the fall. I look forward um, to that. So much we can learn from Walt just in this area of leadership. Yes. yes. So uh, we're, we're getting that one finished. Okay. And my book and will you, come And out. by the way, you know who's going to write the foreword? Who is that? Of course, the two biggest Disney nuts in the country. Absolute Disney fanatics. Brooke and Robin Lopez. Is that right? I didn't know that. The twins. I did not know that. They, when I asked them to do the forward, they they were squealing. I excitement. had no clue. That's awesome. They're the two biggest Disney guys you'll ever meet. That's great. Love them. That's great. All right. Well, listen, you're great, too. Pat Williams, you are an American original. Uh, look forward to the book. Character carved in stone. Go get it in Amazon, Barnes and Noble, yep. wherever you find books. That's right, Patrick. Always great to talk to you. Thanks so much, and uh, look forward to the new book coming out in the fall. And we'll talk to you soon. All okay, right? Scotty boy. Thanks a million.